Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Practices in HR podcast. I am Brenda, and we're here. It is the last episode of the year. Can you believe that? A year. It is awesome. Uh, today is Christmas Day, so for those of you that are out celebrating your families, again, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a wonderful and safe holiday. Um, there's just nothing like this time of year, and it has been yet, and I hope it's been a fantastic year for everybody. But you know what? If it hasn't, in one week, you'll be able to do it all over again. That's the good news. <laughs> Actually, you can wake up tomorrow. You can wake up in a half hour and start all over again. So anyway, so excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much. This is the 40th episode. So this podcast is now a year old and we are at the 40th episode. And it's it's incredibly exciting. You guys have been along the way all year long. It's just phenomenal. And, if this, and thank you so much for that. And if this is the first time that you're joining welcome. <laughs> the, usually episodes are not this festive. You don't hear a lot of jingle bells, but um, you know what? Today's just a special day, so we, we give tribute to that. So uh, just so you guys know uh, what this is all about, this podcast is here to help you figure out some of the pieces and parts to the HR puzzle. And I'm here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources. I'm in the human business, and that means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage. But today, most importantly, we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite, hang on, employment posters. (laughs) It's the one thing everybody looks forward to week after week is the employment poster update. Um, We're going to be rattling off these updates as we get closer to the new year to make sure that you guys have what you need going into 2020 and how to go about getting it. Oh, and how to do it at a lower price, too. Um, We're going to talk about a couple of employment law changes across the nation. And today's topic, I've been really excited about this, uh, bringing this person on. We're going to talk about how to professionally brand yourself with a phenomenal guest, Lauren Clement. Um, She's awesome. Love her. You guys are going to really appreciate what she brings to the table. Um, we got the HR question of the day, and then at the end, we're going to talk about how you can get best practices delivered directly to your inbox. Now, before we move forward, folks, I want to make sure that you guys understand that the information that is available in this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. 
You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue. And if you don't have an employment attorney, you're welcome to go ahead and reach out to me through my website. And I might be able to refer one to you through our affiliates over and over at Jackson Lewis and our friends over there. Okay, gang, so imposter updates. Gosh, man, hang on. It's exciting stuff. So um, what happens usually towards the end of the year is that this information gets updated on a regular basis. So as states have been working on making sure that they've made adjustments throughout their year, then they go out and make uh, the announcement that these posters are required. Um, or they've put, they've added like a sentence, <laughs> sometimes they've added like a comma. It's just really funny. But nonetheless, there's important information and you, and you guys do have to have these things up. So here are the latest updates from the last, since the last episode. So if you are in the state of Vermont, South Dakota, Oregon, Ohio, Montana, Minnesota, Maine, Florida, Arizona, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Washington State. You guys all have poster updates. Okay. Again, Vermont, South Dakota, Oregon, Ohio, Montana, Minnesota, Maine, Florida, Arizona, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Washington State. You guys all have poster updates. Now, if you're new to HR I'm gonna, and you hear this, you're like, holy cow, I don't have employment posters up. No worries, okay? Here's what you need. You need to make sure that you have your federal employment poster up. You also need to have your state employment poster up. You just can't have the state thinking that you got everything covered because the bigger Uncle Sam has, you know, has rules and regulations too. So you need both of those. And if you're a federal contractor, you also need the federal contractor's poster up. So that means if you're a federal contractor, you need all three. Okay? So here's where you can go get them. You can go to laborlawcompliancecenter.com or just Google Labor Law Compliance Center. You can also go to the bestpractices.org website and click on affiliates and scroll down and you'll find them there. You can get posters for 25% off using our special code, and this is POSTERS2020. Now, you might have to use uh, the 2019 version until the flip of the year, which the old code was POSTERS2019, but either code will work. And what's awesome about this is that when you purchase your posters from our friends over at Labor Law Compliance Center, you're not going to get scary mail coming into you going, your posters are out of compliance, and your posters probably aren't out of compliance. So you won't have to worry about grabbing your chest and thinking that this is the big one coming down because, you know what, those are fear tactics, and I, it really drives me absolutely crazy when companies do that. So these guys... They don't do that stuff. They're very straightforward. Donnie's awesome. Um, he's the owner of the company. You'll really appreciate the information that they have to offer. Definitely, you're welcome to sign up and get all sorts of updates from them as well. But more than likely, you'll wind up getting everybody's state's poster updates. So you can always tune back into this show to find out if your state gets an update. Okay, so enough of that. So let's go ahead and take a look at employment law changes that are sweeping the nation. Um, don't have too much today. It's actually kind of quiet, and you think it might be a little bit more ramped up, being that this is the last week of the year. But never fear, come January, 
we'll wind up learning a lot of stuff. All right, so National Labor Relations Board has now ruled that employers may require confidentiality in the workplace in regards to investigations. I'm actually putting this article out later today on social, okay? So you guys, if you want to read up on that, I'm going to go ahead and, and forward that to you because to me that's a big one. It's really huge. A lot of the clients that I've had to talk to over the years, I've had to explain to them, it's like, look, you can't, you know, you got to be careful about how you're explaining that the things are confidential and you know there's some concerted and protected activity around confidentiality that employees can actually talk about things in the workplace but when it comes to an investigation this is like really awesome news so um, I'm going to tell you at the at the back end of the episode how you can find this article on social and where you can go to follow me on it so Okay, so look for that. It will be on my LinkedIn site. Okay, that's the one place where you're going to find it is over on LinkedIn. All right, so and the NLRB is actually, the National Labor Relations Board has actually been very busy. So there's a, uh, there's a lot of changes that are going on, including that they have announced board modifications to the 2014 quickie election rule. Okay, so the current administration is actually making some changes to what the prior administration had put into place in 2014. Thus, the prior <laughs> the prior administration had made changes to the prior prior's administration. So this is normal. Right? What we're seeing is absolutely normal. Okay, every president that has sat at the White House has made changes to what is going on with NLRB. So that's not a surprise. Um, there is a new warning out from OSHA. Uh, they are giving a heads up and a warning against the use of uh, headphones at construction sites. So anybody who's using music headphones at a construction site, there's some guidance on it from OSHA now. Um, I know we mentioned this before, but I wanted to call this one out again. Uh, Illinois legislature, uh, legislative, oh my gosh, legislature, I can't say it, the, the laws and the rules over in Illinois, uh, they have now provided some clarif clarification to, to the Cannabis Act. Um, to protect employers who are engaged in workplace marijuana testing. So there's now some guidance from that that has come out because it sounds like it got a little confusing. Also, um, Minnesota, your earned sick time and safe time ordinance is kicking in. If you have not jumped on that, make sure that you do so. Also, Pittsburgh has paid sick days that are also kicking in come the beginning of the year. And then Washington State has also radically increased their minimum salary, fee, and hourly rates for white-collar overtime exemptions. So if you guys are over in those areas, make sure that you tune in and check that out so that you know what it is you are focusing in on or what needs to be focused in on uh, come the end of the year and the beginning of the new one. Today's episode is about how to brand yourself as an HR professional. Now, I find a lot of inspiration for podcast topics when I meet people and what I read in the news, and then I work to marry them together. And this past semester, I was actually asked to speak at Dr. Ellis's class over at Old Dominion University on unionization. And when I opened up the session for question, the class really laid it, they really laid it out on me. They, they hit me with every question on the planet, okay? I swear, I think they asked every question on human resources they could possibly come up with. And believe it or not, none of them had 
had anything to do with unionization. So it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed ourselves. Um, what was supposed to be a 20-minute talk turned into a literally a two-hour conversation with the entire class. And, and they were absolutely fantastic. They were a lot of fun. So um, I also heard, in case you guys are listening, I heard you absolutely crushed it on your presentations. And uh, congratulations on y'all. It sounds like you guys did a really great job. So... Um, so one of the the biggest, actually the biggest topic that we spoke of was how do I get a job in HR when I have no HR experience? And, you know, that's a fantastic question. And, it, and I've been there and it's hard. Okay. HR is a great, it's a great field of work to be in. And depending on where you are, it can be a little clicky and that's not necessarily bad. But there are certain areas and certain pockets of the country where trying to find a job, HR, you know, HR people have kind of like a particular DNA of what we want, and 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 rightfully so. Um, and the big reason is, is because if you don't have the right HR person in, you're going to erode the culture, and and it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. And on the other hand, I have no problems you know, throwing somebody new into a culture and shaking some things up with new ideas, new talent, new vision. There's nothing wrong with that. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to throw the wrong person into a culture or a department or something that where it's working. So, you know, it's not meant to be offensive and it's not meant to be insulting and it's certainly not meant to say anything negative about anybody who's listening to the show, but understand that HR departments are looking for a good fit because you have to. You just absolutely have to. If you have somebody in the seat who's really too abrupt and really too short when this the culture is a lot about um, you know, open collaboration, open sense of ideas. You know, if that person seems to not be a very patient individual, those two things are going to clash. Conversely, if you have somebody who is all about the culture, but the company doesn't really have a clearly defined culture, which can happen, then, you know, again, it's just, it's going to be like stroking feathers backwards. Okay. It's just, it just doesn't work very well. So that's what I mean by clicky. Okay. It's like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, companies have to really make sure that they put that right person in the, in, in the job. Okay. All right. So it was a pretty cool conversation. We really had a really great time and, um, and we talked a lot about those things. So when I started talking to them, I started talking to them about branding themselves and really looking at how they want to be perceived on their resume, on their LinkedIn profile, and in their interview. And those things are going to be really critical to anybody getting a job in human resources. This is all about setting yourself above the bar and above the mark. Okay you know, we've got a lot of AI out there now. And if anybody who's been out in the job market, if you just ask any of your friends or just in general and social, if you're networking groups or whatever group you're hanging out with, just start to lightly pull people and just say, so is anybody here looking for, you know, I'm just curious about like, what is it like trying to get a job today? You know, just being on the other side of this. And the first thing they're going to tell you is that they submit resumes and I never hear anything from anybody, or I put my application in and I never hear anything from anybody. So, in a niche business, and that's what we are, we're very niche, okay, because we are subject matter experts. 
it's going to it's going to require it's going to require more <laughs> than just submitting your application and getting an interview okay so today's episode is about how to brand yourself with a very special guest that I met in New York City last month and she, and it's an excellent conversation so I'm not even going to tease you about it I'm not even going to introduce it anymore I'm just going to have you guys check it out okay guys I am super super stoked about this guest I have been waiting literally for what three four weeks now to interview this person I am just so excited about it um, it's been a few weeks since we've seen each other and now we get to look at each other on Skype so yeah this is great so folks I would love to introduce to you it's already a whole day ahead of us so if it's going well for her then you know you can get out of bed this morning and everything will be just fine um, I'd like to introduce you Lauren Clement who is joining us all the way from Australia good morning for you hey how are you Merry Christmas to everybody Christmas to you. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. Wow. What a time we had in New York. It, I can't believe it was a couple of weeks. Well, it's nearly a month ago now, I guess, or over a month ago. It has. It was extraordinary to meet you. And it's so cool to be talking to you again. Yes, absolutely. Have you gotten over your New York City high yet? Oh, sort of, sort of. It's been all go since we got back. I mean, we brought back an absolute truckload of awards from oh, the yeah, state. So, yeah, so we've been very, very busy with our clients, helping them leverage, you know, the fact that they've been on an international stage and they've won these awards and it's been pretty busy. So it's been nice to have a couple of down days actually over Christmas. That's awesome. Well, so for you guys, so you know this. Um, so Lauren and I met, uh, we were speakers and Lauren and her company were also nominees plus this conglomerate of like about 20 women from Australia uh, representing various companies. <clears throat> Um, we're at the Stevie Awards Women's Future Conference that took place uh, mid-November. Uh, some of you have seen a couple posts on social about it. Um, some of you reached out, had questions about it. But Lauren and I literally met um, on the first day. I mean, I think we were like one of the first three people there. We sat down and had breakfast. And, yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, we did. And now we've become just these, we were fast friends very, very quickly. And just, she's an awesome, awesome lady. And just the whole experience was completely invigorating. It just, the, the whole, and you were in New York City longer than I was. Yeah, I think we were there for about a week this time, which isn't a long time. I think we were averaging maybe three or four hours sleep a night that week when we were there. So there's so much to do. So God. So we're going to be going to Vegas in November. So you're probably going to be on the same sleep schedule. Yep, Vegas, baby, it's going to go off. There might not be any sleep in Vegas. Probably not. In the Delta, neither city sleeps. So who cares, right? That's awesome. So, so we just got into some phenomenal conversation and um, being that it's Christmas and being that we are ready to ring another bell, it's another decade, mm. another decade. Yeah. My gosh, it just, it, fly, it, it flies, but it doesn't fly. I mean, I still think it's 2003 sometimes. I know, so am I the only one who goes 2020? No, that's like 20 years away, isn't it? Right. That's like 2020 is a long time in the future, isn't it? How can that be like now? Yeah, I know. I, it, tell me about it. I still find stuff from like Y2K. In my yeah. house. So people say, oh, well, you should schedule it for 2021. And I'm going, no, that's far too far away. It's like a year later. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
It doesn't make sense. But he's supposed to be around now or something, Star Wars or something. I don't know. I, I know. I know. Yes. So as the time we're doing this, so that is coming out this week here in the U.S. on Friday at the time that we're recording this. So... Yeah, and it's funny because everybody's like, it'll be the last Star Wars, it'll be the last Star Wars. And I'm like, Pah! if Motley Crue can come back and do their concert tour, trust me, there'll be another Star Wars. <laughs> Based on the sale of merchandise, for sure. Exactly, right. <laughs> oh, we just repurpose it. So anyway, so Lauren was awesome. So first off, Lauren, let me, let me have Lauren kind of explain to you who and what she does uh, down under and... Um, and it will get into the reason why she's she's joining us because this is not somebody um, out of all the topics that we talked about. She's furthest from HR, <laughs> other than being a business owner. <laughs> well, I don't know about that because the thing that I I am known for is a personal branding specialist, and yes, I think HR is a massive part of personal branding, not only for yourself if you work in that industry, but you're in the business of people. So sure. you need to understand people's personal brands and understand how they communicate and all sorts of different aspects of, of personal brands, which is cool. But uh, yeah, I've got a long history in working with advertising agencies, luckily worked with some really amazing agencies in New Zealand, Saatchi and Saatchi's and Clemingers and Ogilvy's, some really amazing brand names. Um, just very fortunate to work in those sorts of environments. And then I started my own agency and then moved to Australia and really got into personal branding because I saw really that this is where the trend was going. People mm -hmm. were deciding that they could brand themselves and their expertise and earn an income for that. And it's that whole Japanese approach to Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of Ikigai before. Um, I-K-I-G-A-I, -I -I. Um, and I'm dyslexic, so I have to close my eyes to spell words mostly. No, um, I know what you mean, because I hear icky guy, and I think of, like, the, the guy at the bar that I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> the icky guy, yeah, the awesome. The icky guy. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, icky guy, from a Japanese point of view, is basically doing what you love. And Western culture has added on to that and being paid well for it. So if you can find what you love and absolutely love doing it, it's that old saying, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Oh, yeah. But if you can also earn an income for that, so it's all very well to say, oh, you know, I, I love music, I'll be a musician, but then I can't earn any money from that. Or I'd, I'd really love to be a brain surgeon, but I can't afford to go to university. Therefore, I'm never going to earn the income from that. So you have to obviously be a bit more sensible about it than just dreaming. You actually right. have to make it happen. Right. Exactly. And so, so that's the reason why I wanted to bring Lauren on is because we're going to talk a little bit about personal branding. Um, but you know what? We're also going to give another smattering of wisdom here because there's a lot that goes into personal branding. It's not just what you look good on paper. It's a, about a lot of things and it always starts with yourself. So, you know, it you have to first off and and, and you can disagree with me if you want, but in my humble opinion, I think you always have to really focus on investing in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the reason why when I first decided to get into personal branding and I thought, okay, so what do I understand about this that I can teach other people? Mm -hmm. So I did something I teach all my clients to do, which is to brain dump, to clear off the kitchen table, grab a pack of post-it notes and just brain dump everything you know about that topic of what you want to be known for out onto a table. 
anything you've experienced, anything you know, and then eventually get to a point where you've got nothing left and you can then sort it into, okay, so if I was going to teach somebody my skills, what I know, how, what order would I do that in? And it was exactly right, Brenda. It was no me first. And that's why my book is broken into three completely separate sections. Know me, like me, trust me. The first step for sure is understanding who you are and your yes. place in the world, your purpose, your direction, your meaning. You know, there's a load of amazing life coaches and that's why the self-development industry has done so well. You know, Tony Robbins and, and all those guys have done yep. incredibly well because they do focus on that whole thing of purpose. Why are you here? Right. Um, but it comes back to, it's ancient, ancient Greek. Um, the Temple of Delphi has got carved on the front of it, know thyself. Yeah. You know, so um, it was Socrates and, and Plato. They all said this. Before yep. you try to understand yep. the world, first understand yourself. So, yeah, yes. you're right step yeah and and so when you invest in yourself that looks like you know a couple of things it could be um you know i just lauren gave me a copy of her book and i just got done reading it um and it was very enlightening <clears throat> but there's also some other things i mean you have to invest time to sleep you have <laughs> that's a big one um you know yeah sorry but if, if you've been to new york after you've been to new york then you sleep yeah. <laughs> you sleep on the plane yeah. <laughs> right. it's right. yeah by the way how long did it take you to get from new york to australia um i think it's depending on when we go over it's longer it must be downhill on the way back or something it's about 36 <laughs> hours how, how much about 36 hours oof the lily that's a day and a half yeah, so it's, free, yeah. it's planes, two planes on the way back, three planes on the way there, because we went via Sydney on the way there. Oh, there you go. Got it. Well, anyway, as we digress, but sleep is very important. It could be, you know, are you spending time, you know, reading books that help you take yourself to the next step? Are you oh. taking classes? I mean, Lauren, you're an award-winning you're an award-winning marketing professional and branding professional. You did not just get that way by, <laughs> by being uh, charismatic. No, absolutely. You actually have to put in the yards. And it is, it's funny, actually, Brenda, when you look at, and it's one of the things we love about helping people enter awards, is they get to look at what they're achieving. Because so often yes. we're focused on the now or the future. What have we got to do today or tomorrow? And we don't actually reflect on what we've achieved, especially this time of year, when you, you should really be looking back at what you've achieved in 2019 in order to take forwards with you into, into 2020, the stuff that you really want to take with you and decide what didn't work or what did I do that was a waste of time or waste of effort or took me in the wrong direction that you should be carving off and saying, I'm not going to do that again. Right. So it's so important to understand how you're achieving what you're doing, what comes easy. I'm a big believer in if it's hard, don't push it because it's not actually meant to happen. Um, yes, the universe yes. does want to repay us for, for what we're doing well if we set our goals firmly enough and are clear on what we want. Um, and it's funny, I actually, while I was in New York, I got to meet the voice of Siri. And she's oh, actually... That's right. I forgot yeah, about that. It's amazing. And she, I, I always ask, when I meet celebrities, I always ask them the same question, how important is personal branding to you? And her response was amazing. I, I am going to write a blog about it. because She, wrote, she said, basically... You know, the minute I got really 100% clear on what I wanted, all of a sudden, all these doors opened and mm -hmm. it became really easy to attract the right opportunity to me. So I think that's, 
so often we're sort of often multiple different directions trying to please everybody and trying to you know that bright shiny object itis that we all have the yep. next new thing to do um that we we lose focus on where we really want to be in a week's time or a month's time or in a year's time and we just said the year has absolutely flown by a decade has disappeared on us you know <laughs> so what did we achieve in the last decade what are we using from that to go forwards into the next decade with a set of really clear goals yeah so when i when i worked for a fortune 500 company here in the u.s and I was their senior HR business partner. Um, I was an account manager. I was really in the human capital management industry at that time. One of the things that I would do <clears throat> all the time, and I and it actually helped brand me, and because I'm sure some people are listening, and it's like, well, this is all really great, but how do I go about branding myself? One of the things that I started to do, I started to call out that when I gave guidance to clients, what I would say is, when I, especially when we were talking about really taking into consideration the individuals that are involved in a particular HR situation. Um, you know, I've people on this show have heard me talk about it every now and again that, you know, I dealt with a near stabbing. And it was a very complicated situation. And, you know, I explained to them, I said, look, I said, we need to get <clears throat> the offender out of the building but we need to do it professionally but we also have to remember that we're still in the human business and mm. so you know you you we don't know all the details that have just happened we just know a few and we're in the process of controlling our environment but we got to remember we're still in the human business and that there's still that human element that human piece of it be the emotion the emotional investment the emotional intelligence um, you know, the investment of time and effort and sacrifice that people put into coming to work for a company where we mm. have to be mindful of that. And and you know what? I still say that. It's like I'm in the human business. This is what I do. And that mm. could be investing, helping companies invest in their engagement. So I found myself being branded and eventually people would say, yeah, she's in the human business. Right. And it, and it was like, oh, that caught on, didn't it? And yeah. I kind of surprised myself when I did it, but but you know that's that's one example of how I use personal branding to be memorable. But mm -hmm. for people who are just starting out, because this question has come to me recently, is how do I brand myself as an HR professional when I don't either have the experience or don't have enough of the experience? What would you recommend? Um. With branding, and I mean, I've been working with brands for about 30 years, it's all about emotion. It's, mm -hmm. If you think about it, your favourite food or your favourite music, or you instantly recognise it and it makes you feel a certain way. Um, your favourite alcohol or your favourite restaurant or your favourite holiday destination or your favourite label of clothing, whatever it is, you have a particular feeling about that brand. Mm -hmm. And it's been ingrained since the first time you saw that brand. And the, the biggest thing with the likes of Nike and, you know, um, Coco Chanel and all the rest of it, they have this um, emotion around their brand and they are totally consistent with it. Every single thing they do goes back to their brand values, their mission, the purpose, the whole meaning of the brand and how they instantly want to connect with people's brains. Um, yes. Neurofending is one of those sciences that I've been studying for a long time now. And it is, Maya Angelou said it the best. She said, people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So somebody who's starting out, who, who hasn't got a lot of expertise behind them or many years or qualifications, 
the question to ask yourself is how do I want to make people feel? Is yeah. it that I want to excite people or inspire them or do I want to make them feel safe or looked after? How do I behave as a human being, not just with my clients, but with every single connection I have in my world? Because let's face it, the, the hardest thing to do, and I really hate that saying, fake it till you make it. I really dislike that because there can be nothing fake about you because in reality, it's just too hard to keep feeding that fakeness. The easiest way for you to create a really strong personal brand is just to live it. If this is what you're all about, then you don't have to force yourself or remember to do things or pretend. You can just be you yeah. and just really love every aspect of your personality, whether that's like everybody talks about me with my energy, that's just the way I am. I'm this whether I'm at home with my family, out sailing on a yacht, working in a workshop environment with the clients, speaking as a keynote, anything, you get the same me. I don't change depending on where I am. So really think about what's the emotion that I want people to feel, A, when they meet me, but to remember me and to expect from me every single yeah. time they yeah. work with me. So, and, you know, there's something really... I really admire about HR professionals because they have this superpower. And I don't know whether you've even recognized that you guys have it, but it's like, I don't know if you've ever done that exercise where you put one hand a bit further out with the finger up and one a bit closer. Like the, the optometrist teaches you to do this, to exercise your eyes, right? So you have okay. one hand in front of you further away and one closer, and you're supposed to switch your focus between either the far one or the close one, and that exercises the muscles in your eye. So you could do that while you're listening to this. Yeah, put one at sort of arm's length, one close, and you can focus on the far one, then focus on the close one, and there's how to exercise your eyes, right? I'm giving you an optometrist lesson. It's good for your eyes. Just don't do it when you're driving and listening don't do to this. Yeah, don't do this on the train, fine. Um, people will look at you, but don't panic. Um, so the thing is, in HR, you have the superpower of doing that with people. You have yeah. this ability to be talking to the person in front of you, helping them with what they need right now, and exactly the same time, you're also focusing on the, the betterment of the business and the department and the bigger yeah. picture. And not many people can do that. You have this superpower where you can focus on two different things at once and, and create a clear path on how you can benefit both. What's going to be the best for both worlds? This person yeah. in front of you and the team and the business and everything else. I just think you're extraordinary. Well, thank you. That's, that is what I refer to as really doing what's in the best interest of the employee and doing what's in the best interest of the company. And it's a very delicate balance. And, mm -hmm. and I love your example of it. You're right, because, you know, when we're going through a scenario, <clears throat> we have to be thinking about, okay, we're in the human business, but yet at the same time, you know, a company's number one responsibility is to keep the doors open so that they can run payroll. Right. Yeah. That's their number one responsibility. It's not to make a profit. It's not to bring in revenue. It's bring in revenue, but it's not to do anything else other or not to satisfy the, the shareholders. Their responsibility is to keep payroll going. Mm. So if if we are the if we're the gatekeepers on people problems, then you're right. We have to look at both scenarios in order to figure out, okay, so what are our options? <clears throat> where do we want to, where do we want to fall as far as in terms of risk? And, you know, how are we going to be impacting this individual? You know, you can't, you can't avoid always hurting feelings or somebody having an opinion about something because everybody's got feelings and everybody has an opinion about stuff, right? But the thing is, is that how are you going to be able to best manage the right outcome 
but you know it 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 comes down to are, are you able how are you going to make the best decision that's going to keep that in balance as much as humanly possible yeah absolutely and i think given that it's a superpower that you have as hr professionals you need to think about so how do i do that and sit down and go back to the examples of times when you've done it yeah, with, with HR, when you're doing that, switching between, and you, as you say, it's the human business. Right. And those two things don't normally mix particularly well together. Humans and business, that's a hard blend. So, so someone who's new or someone who, maybe even if you've been in HR for a long time, getting to know what your approach to HR is, I would suggest is sitting down and going through examples where you've had to go through that and actually work out how the hell do I do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, because superpowers are things that uh, it's the way I define personal branding it's the stuff you do with ease that other people find difficult and that's why it's called expert ease you know because you just do it on autopilot especially right. if you've been in business if you've been in HR for five years or more you've done your apprenticeship you know you're ready for you're doing these things unconsciously so yeah. you need to actually stop and think about okay, so how do I do that because your approach your as you said your your human business brand that you've created came out of your approach to that and there'll be other people who use different approaches but it's the same outcome so it's an important part of your personal brand to figure out what is your what I'd call your signature system you know your unique process yeah I like that and when you think about it so like that's how I started because that's how I was influenced when I was around my mentors and the people that taught me how to do this. I didn't I didn't just learn this coming out of college. I graduated like 20 years after I graduated from high school, right? So <clears throat> I actually had the ability to watch and absorb and mimic and I fig- I was doing the job before I learned how to actually uh, before I went to school and learned the theology behind it. So mm-hmm. I learned it very early on that okay so this is what makes a really good impact this is it's hard but it has the best possible outcome but even I've been doing this for over 20 years now god it's it's <laughs> me every time I say that it looks impressive on paper it is just like ah, when you try and say it but but you know what I but there isn't a day that goes by that I haven't learned something new because what this arena of HR is is so vast and it's constantly in flux. The good news is it doesn't change overnight, but still it's like you can break away from it for about two, three months and it's like a soap opera on TV. You, you just jump right back into the media and poof, you know, you, you pick up right where you all left off. This is the same storyline. Maybe some of the characters have changed a little bit, but um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, but I love what you said and I agree with you that I really think you need to hone in on on your gifts. And, and I've also mentioned this before in the past that, you know, as Steve Harvey from the Steve Harvey show, guess your gift is the one thing that you do the best with the least amount of resistance or the least amount of effort. Yeah. It's absolutely. just, it's just, yeah, you're just innate things. So when you focus in on those things, that's really, in my opinion, and, and what I'm hearing from you, that's your ground level. That's where you start. And then you build from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in reality, the human brain is pretty simple in the way that it wants to connect with people. It's complex in the way that it manages itself, but the first thing that needs to know is who are you, what do you do, and can you help me? It's the first thing it's looking for when it meets somebody of, of any kind, whether that's on your LinkedIn profile, your website, in person, on a podcast, 
who are you? What do you do? And can you help me? Do you have something of value for me? So it's yeah. so important that you figure that out. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's important <clears throat> is that not only do you have to really understand what you're good at doing, but really get clear on what you need moving forward and then really get after it. And that kind of goes along with that investing things. But like some of the stuff that you and I have talked about since New York, um, some of the materials that I've learned in your book, uh, some other things is that <clears throat> I, in doing the work that I've done since literally the day I got on the plane after meeting you uh, to today is I've gotten very clear on not only who I am with my with my background but what I need in order to be successful what additional information I needed but I have just I've been very persistent to get after it and just in 30 days I have spent enough time learning that I'm literally ready to take 2020 into a whole new direction professionally. And I think that's part of your investment in yourself is to sit down and get clear. I love what you guys have your focus on. Would you please share what your focus is for 2020 with your company? Because I love it. 2020 is all about having 2020 vision. And there's lots of people talking about it, but it is around getting to the point where you realise that you cannot do everything. There's a, a saying in New Zealand, you can't help every Mary in the dairy. Um, <laughs> it's just a convenience store, right? So so you simply, you can try to do that. I mean, even Confucius said you can't chase two rabbits, you know, you'll end up with nothing. Mm. Um, and I see this all the time. It's fantastic to have a multitude of gifts and skills and expertise. That's wonderful. And you can, in fact, deliver a whole range of services. In HR, you could deliver anything from recruitment right through to payroll, through to risk assessment, you know, trauma management, you name it. There's a whole plethora of what you could possibly service with. However, you need to somehow create what I call an umbrella brand. So a little bit like Richard Branson with his personal brand with Virgin. So it's Virgin is the name of the business and they do trains and aeroplanes and bank cards and entrepreneurial schools and all these different things that they do under the one banner. But regardless of where you go or how you interact with any one of their services, it's the same culture. It's the same brand. So with personal branding, it's around figuring out what do I want to be seen as and known for in the industry? build that umbrella brand and then offer your services underneath that. And I think the risk with most people, Brenda, especially when you're selling a service, is that you want to define yourself by what you do. And it's yeah. the wrong thing to do. You know, when you, I'm an HR professional, well, awesome, that's great. That's the field you work in. But, you know, what actually do you do? Um, yeah. What part of that do you really want to own as your space to be the go-to for? Um, because the world's getting more and more and more overwhelming and confusing. Um, yep. I know in the 1970s, our brains were being hit with about 500 branded messages a day. And today it's closer to 5,000 a day. I'm so, not surprised. You know, all the different channels we've got. When I first started working with branding and advertising agencies, we had um, TV, press, radio, outdoor, and a bit of um, direct marketing. There was no internet back then. So, it was expensive to get into those channels. Um, you had to be creative, but you could get away with launching just about anything because there were only so many channels to reach people on. Today, 
even if you look at pay TV, there's something ridiculous like 40 or 50 different subscription channels that you can get onto. Netflix absolutely dominates that marketplace, but Disney Plus just launched and Apple Plus just launched. And, yep. you know, even that is wanting to take little share of our, our wallet and our hearts and our minds. Yep. So if you fall into the trap of trying to be everything to everyone, you will just be mediocre. You'll just be another also yes. random. And that's yep. the risk that you play. And that's fine. If that's what you want to be, then that's awesome. Then go do that. But if you really want to be the go-to standout award-winning, and that's, I guess that's what helps you, Brenda, with your 2020 vision, is once you've made that decision, once, you, once you've drawn that line in the sand, then you can go, right, what media do I want to be in? What podcast do I want to be interviewed on? What awards do I want to win? What events am I going to go to? What conferences do I want to be a speaker yes. at? What yeah. book am I going to write? All those sorts of things you can now do, and that's the fun part is the doing part, but you've now got really clear vision for what you want to achieve. Yep. And that, and, and I love that because, you know, there's, like you said, you called it out earlier, there's so many facets, and I'm about ready to sneeze. <laughs> Maybe not. There's yeah, so many. Pronounced. It won't come. No, thank you. So there's so many facets, you know, and some of these, I mean, you can get some pretty deep veins into them. Just if you just look at, you know, benefits in in the United States, I mean, I, <laughs> I know a, a CHRO and he was telling me, he's like, you could spend literally, you could spend a full-time job sitting there trying to learn how to benefits and it would take you 10 years to literally know everything that you really truly need to know about benefits. And, you know, you don't have to be a generalist. You can go into benefits. But that's the beauty of what we're talking about is that when you get really, really, really clear on what it is that you want to do, then now you can start to package your abilities. You can package your what your resume looks like. You can – and you have to package yourself too. So, you know, there are days where I show up in, in blue jeans to a client's office, but I but they don't wear anything else but blue jeans and track suits you know, or, yeah. or, you know, or yoga pants or something like that. It's like, okay, yeah. so if I were to show up overdressed unless I have somebody that I have to go to – but, you know, and that, that's fine because I'm in a professional capacity. But at the same time, you know, it, it brings me down to their – I meet them where they are. I'm not going to yeah. say it brings me down to the level, but I meet them where they are, right? So if you're looking for a job, if you're out there trying to figure out what it is that you want to do and you're, you're starting to identify where it is that you want to go, you have to meet them where they are. They don't meet you where you are. Mm. You're yeah. the one seeking the funds. <laughs> you have yeah. to meet them where they are. Yeah. And then conversely, when you're working with your with the employees, you have to meet them where they are. So the therefore the big question, and, and this is what this is what I'm scheming and working on for 2020, which um, it, it's coming out earlier in this episode, is that where do where do we go to meet us where we are? And, and that's huge because we really do have to have a lot of strength and we have to have a lot of resiliency to get through these challenges because a lot of people in the, I mean, 49% of the businesses in the United States are small, which means that you have, you are more than likely, if you're listening to the show, you are more than likely either in a very small HR group or you're an HR person of one. And that's really, really hard. And I've done it and it is, it's, it takes a lot out of you. Which really kind of brings me to the next and the last point is that when you're in those positions, you have to find ways to be very good to yourself too. Mm. 
Absolutely. Okay. Yes. It's um, it's one of those things that I think uh, I've actually learned over time. It's taken me a long time to figure that out myself because I am a bit of a, a, a self-starter. I'm self-motivated. I don't need a lot of um, external motivation to get up and, and do what I do. I love what I do. Um, but taking the time to feed yourself is so, so important. And you need to be your own best support team, your own best cheerleader on yeah. this because you can't really rely on somebody else to do that for you. Um, and having been, um, I mean, I've built my business on my own. I've had amazing support from my incredible husband who does all the back end for my admin and my websites and everything else, which is what we've worked together. We met each other working at Saatchi and Saatchi's over 20 years ago. So, oh, you know, wow. we've been for a long time. Um, so the interesting thing is I've just started a business partnership and you met Annette in New mm -hmm. York. It's so much fun working with somebody else. We're both creative. I, I hear a lot of business partnerships out there where you've got people with different skills and they work really well together because they where one's got a weakness, the other has a skill. With Annette and I, unfortunately, we're both creative. So our admin um, is hopeless, but we're really, really creative and a lot of fun. So, you know, we're just going to have a lot of fun and get somebody else to do the admin, which is great. But um, until you have a situation where you can find a business partner or somebody to partner up with, find buddies in yeah. the workplace. Find people you can hang with. Go to meetups and surround yourself with positive people. Um, and, I mean, we talked about this this funny thing that I talk about all the time, the itty-bitty shitty committee that we all have, you know. And it is constantly there. It's that little nagging, you know, you're not good enough, imposter syndrome, yeah. any minute now someone's going to figure out you're a fraud, you actually don't know what you're talking about, you know, um, you just didn't win these things properly, you just won them because you entered them, and all these sorts of ridiculous, um, yep. I call it uh, similar to self, it's psychological self-harm, basically. Um, and in Australia and New Zealand, we have something called tall poppy syndrome as well, which luckily and thankfully, Americans seem to be either oblivious to this um, or they um, certainly don't agree with it and just don't ever have to function with it. But we get this whole when somebody becomes a tall poppy, when somebody stands up and succeeds, everybody wants to chop them back down to size. Oh, we got that here. Yeah. Also, oh, holy cow. Well, Glad that it's not just us then, because it's a it's a but in Australia it's ingrained into their culture. You know when when the um, the first criminals were sent to Australia because this was a penal colony originally. Mm -hmm. So all the criminals were sent to Australia um, because they had run out of room for them in the prisons in Europe and so on. And if somebody did something bad, they would take that person out of the the, the prison cells and they would put them somewhere else and they would punish everybody else and then bring that prisoner back after feeding him and looking after him. Wow. So, that's you know, a little harsh. It is. But that's that's how they made sure that these criminals didn't, you know, because let's face it, in Australia they probably could have, I don't know why they didn't raise up arms and run out of the prisons because they probably could have, but that's how they kept them mentally locked down. So it's ingrained into the culture here that if you do well or you stand out, you need to be pulled back into line. Um, England has it as the class system. It's worse in mm -hmm. India, you know. Um, but in America, there seems to be more of an entrepreneurial spirit. And I know in New Zealand for many, many years, there was a go for it, you know, stick your head out, do something different, be innovative. Um, and we didn't used to have a crack at people because they were trying. You used to support them at least to get going on it. Today, 
I think there seems to be a lot of keyboard warriors. There seem to be a lot of people out there with opinions that they believe are right and nobody else can have another opinion. Um, and if you don't agree with my opinion, I don't like you. Yep. Um, so it's very polarizing. And I think being in business for yourself and being your own best cheer squad is probably one of the most vital mental health in the workplace things you can look at. So you yeah. need to make sure there's things like feeding yourself, yes, sleeping, exercise, eating well, but yes, reading the right stuff, listening to the right podcasts. What turn off the news and start turning on some shows that really invigorate you and get you thinking and feeling. Um, read more books, you know, listen to awesome music, go and watch really incredible movies that inspire yeah. you. Spend time with people that, that that lift you higher. Oprah Winfrey said that the other day, you know. Because you become 75% the people that you spend your time with. Right. So, and, and there's a lot of toxicity out there in this world. Uh, so Huge, huge. Yeah. And I guess we just need to either decide not to buy into the BS mm -hmm. and not to go for the, you know, the clickbait and the hype and everything else. But I think more importantly, mm -hmm. it's the first step, Brenda. If you really know yourself and you've set clear goals on where you want to be, and you're sure of your expertise, and this is where I'm in my lane now, this is my thing, then don't let anyone talk you out of it. Just go yes. for it. It yes. doesn't matter what other people say or think. That example you gave of benefits, I mean, if that's an area that you are really into, and you've already discovered that it would take 10 years for someone to really get to know every single part of that, and it's always changing, then that to me tells me that there not only is an opportunity for you as an HR expert, but also there's a need in the marketplace. Because if it's hard to learn or difficult to do, they're going to need a specialist. Yep. So if you can find an area in HR where not only is it something you love to do and you're actually interested in it, it's also something that people either dislike, it's hard to do, it's, it's something that's constantly changing or there's always something that holds people back, you're going to find a niche that will never run out of demand. Yep, absolutely. And that goes that goes for an ex, anybody who's looking to do contract out like me or just even finding a, a position in a company. The demand mm. is always there. And it's just a matter of, you know, honestly, these days, it's about networking to get yourself into that. But that in and of itself is a whole different show. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah absolutely. It's a whole different show. Uh, matter <laughs> of fact, that would be awesome to have you back on for something like that, too. But, oh, my gosh. Well, listen, so we've we've skirted around this just a little bit. But in this show, <clears throat> stay tuned, folks, because coming up next, I'm going to introduce to you what, what we were just talking about is you have to have a place to go. You have to have a place to go and to speak to like-minded individuals, to find mentorship, to, to have that place where you can, let's face it, when women come together, we're very strong. And we can accomplish a lot of a lot of really great things. And HR is a very feminine-driven industry. There's, I'm not really quite sure why that it is, but it is. And um, But the thing is, is that if we don't find a, a common place to where we can all come together and actually work through the stuff that is in us because we have to meet everybody else's demands and we're not taking care of ourselves. And that's what we've got coming down the pike for 2020. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. This has just been fantastic. It's been awesome to chat with you. And I think the, there's, it's not surprising that the HR industry is female dominant because we have this ability to communicate really well to put ourselves into other people's shoes, to understand the emotion behind things. 
but yeah, that that superpower that you will have around being able to understand the person in front of you and the business bigger picture at the same time, man, that is so powerful and so awesome. So whatever you're doing, whether it's working with an organization or a company or going out on your own, that superpower is something you need to absolutely harness and use. Um, because if you don't, there'll be some kryptonite, you know, there'll be something that, that pulls you down. There'll be something else that, that sidetracks you. And more often than not, it'll be bright, shiny object artists or the latest trend or something like that. So, right. yeah, focus on what you want this year, 2020. It's going to be awesome. Just what yeah, do you want? Is. Yeah. So where can people find you? Because I know they're not going to be hopping on a plane, traveling 36 hours to come out and shake your hand personally. But but for people who want to learn more and absorb what you have to be able to help them narrow down their focus and get that 2020 in place and get their brand, their personal branding in place, where can they go to connect? Well, if they jump onto um, the Audacious Agency website, which is really simple, www.theaudaciousagency.com, um, there's loads of resources on there. You can download my book called Selling You. There's lots of programs on there. You can get in touch with us, book a time to chat with us on Zoom. But also, um, there's an awesome little Facebook group that's just going gangbusters. It's called the Rocket Launch Your Business Facebook group. So jump onto Facebook and search up Rocket Launch Your Business. And my business partner, Annette, and I are in there all the time. We do lots of Facebook Lives with tips and tools. There's some extraordinary people in there, some amazing gurus. You can go and ask for help. You can ask for connections. If you're running events or you want to learn about certain things for marketing, you can just go in there and ask for help, which is awesome, and share your story and connect with people. And it's global. Um, it's a couple of thousand people in there from all around the world who are all entrepreneurial. And, uh, yeah, it's a really cool way to, to get together with some like-minded people and, and have some fun. But also, yeah, learn how to rocket launch your business and get yourself out there. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? In the in the, the the site is designed for business specifically, but take business out and put you, <laughs> and and it's essentially because I've been doing a lot of your work, so it's it's essentially kind of the same thing. So you just yeah. you just have to kind of you know move the puzzle pieces around. So it's like, oh, okay, it's not really. I am my own business, so yeah, you know, absolutely. yeah, be, be either you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, either one. So yeah. Definitely. Very good. You're, you're your own brand, and you've got amazing. Yeah. Nicest thing is, Brenda, is you have the most amazing skills and assets in who you are that most people underestimate. So you know you don't deserve to be anything other than well-known, well-paid, and wanted for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Lauren, thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's been awesome to chat. So as you can see, you have to give some thought into how you want to be seen as an HR professional, especially since this role is expected to grow 7 to 10 percent between 2018 and 2028. All right, that's over 14,000 jobs in the market. Now I think first before you really start to identify how you want to be seen, you have to get, like we talked about, get laser clear on the type of HR work you want to do. Okay, and there's several paths that you can take. You can go the generalist route, you can specialize, you can focus in on the organizational development side of things, or you can work in talent management. And there's a lot of different avenues that you can take. Now, the industry is starting to see kind of a, a shuffle in the titles, and what I'm seeing is that the HR generalist, the 
uh, HRBP or the HR business partner and the HR consultant are really being used synonymously in job ads and that's I think that's happening because I think businesses are really trying to competitively attract the right kind of talent they seek so they're they're casting out there trying to you know pull some additional talent in because it's really hard out there right now if you if you're not in a if you haven't been recruiting anybody it is really really challenging and I've got several clients that I just simply source candidates for but I really focus in on the ability to brand their position properly and make sure that it's titled properly as well. But I can tell you it's a, it's an absolute real challenge to find what it is that you want and who it is that you want. But anyway, okay, so we digress from that. So um, after seeing the shuffle in the titles, um, also HR consultant really is now considered, you know, human capital management. So if you're working in a um, like an apparel company that has HR services attached that really is a human capital management industry. Um, talent management and talent acquisition include a great deal of recruiting but a, a highly concentrated focus on meeting specific business objectives including sourcing talent for potential contracts like like you would find in, in uh, government contracting or all the way to succession planning, okay? And succession planning happens everywhere, hopefully. If it doesn't, you're in the seat, you know how to make that happen, right? So once you get a really get really clear on the direction that you want to take, then you have to look at your market. And this is really important. Now, where I live, 80% of the businesses here are small businesses. That means it's highly likely that if I wanted to go back into the field and pursue a director's job, I'm likely going to be performing the role as an HR office of one. Now, this is a really offset area when it comes to that because in the United States, 49% of the businesses are small business, 51% are larger. Okay, so here, in, in my neighborhood, 80% of the businesses are small, 20% of the businesses are large. We don't really have Fortune 100 or Fortune 500 companies here in this city. We don't have very many of them. I think we only got like maybe one at best. So, uh, or actually two. Yeah, we have about two. So, you know, being in an HR office of one means that you're really going to be focused heavily on that tactical side of HR more so than what we know in this industry is defined as strategic okay now you're going to be doing you know don't get me wrong you're going to be doing both but the strategy side you know absolutely will be in play but not as much as i think you want it all right so you really have to think through you have to you have to get to know your market in order to find the kind of job that you want now the question is is that the kind of work you want to do if you want to be in a more strategic role in an area with small business market then you're going to want to work for a larger corporation and that means that you're going to have to l really look for the right position with the right company okay if you're starting out in HR then you are going to need to focus in on the HR administrator or HR coordinator positions and these are really base roles that will provide you the opportunity to, ba to do kind of like the basic tactical work such as new employee orientations, entering and keying information into the HRIS system and possibly helping with open enrollment. These, when I, let me clarify, so for coordinator and admin positions, these are p really great positions for people who do not have an, an HR education, who have not done the HR work before. They may have done one or two things, like they may have collected applications or they may have worked, you know, like I worked in retail for a long time and 
when I, in my early years, I was responsible for the entire HR function, but um, I wouldn't necessarily have considered myself an HR manager, right? So these are great entry-level positions for you to get entry-level type work. Now, if you're coming directly out of school and, um, you know, you really want to get not that admin level work, but one step up, you know, target the generalist position, but understand that you're probably, you're going to, you're, that's going to be a big challenge for you. And that's why branding is so important because they want tenured HR generalists to have the ex that rich experience that matches with the kind of work that they need to produce. So it's hard in HR to get a HR job unless you have prior HR experience and that comes with finding the right job that allow you to get in. So, you know, if you're coming out of school with an, a degree in HR but no HR experience whatsoever, you're really going to struggle. So if you're in school and you have the ability to pick up a part-time HR coordinator, part-time HR admin role, then you're really going to be able to, you, then you've got some roots, to be honest with you, and you'll be able to start moving forward. So the coordinator and admin positions will likely have less to do with resolving employee behavioral issues or violations of company policy and more of that go-to person that employees can ask questions on where to find their benefits, how to look for their doctor under the benefits program, etc., etc. Now once you're really clear on what kind of HR work you want to do, what your market looks like, then you can really start to think through the key topics that Lauren spoke of and get after your next opportunity or brand yourself even in your current position. So today I'd like to give a couple shout outs. First off, I'd like to give a shout out to Nora on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for your connection and for your fantastic comments. I'm really glad that the, uh, the podcast is helping you out. Adam, my friend, thank you again over on LinkedIn for, uh, thanks, appreciate the show plug and uh, commenting on how you really like the my number one quote. My number one rule in life is that in the absence of information, people make stuff up. And I learned that from an old boss of mine, and it could not ring true any more than that. Holy Moses. And Julie over on LinkedIn, thank you for your connection as well. And welcome to the new Next Gen Women in HR Facebook group. So excited to have you over there. Um, guys, look, email me your HR questions. I'd love to get your questions. Um, you can submit your questions on the bestpractices.org website uh, by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to post your question, which I may read and answer on an upcoming episode. Um, so you know what? Today is kind of an interesting question. Um, and this is one that should hopefully, you, hopefully make you very worried <laughs> about the fact that this question has surfaced. Um, if you've been listening to this series, you've been listening to um, prior episodes where I've talked about some of the things, questions that employees ask and um, how they should like really give you pause for concern because this is the kind of stuff that employees are looking for. So today's question is along those lines and I found this on Quora and believe it or not and the reason why I'm bringing this out is that this question was posted back in 2016 and it surfaced in my Quora feed. Now for those of you who know me that periodically I'll go on Quora and I'll answer uh, HR questions when I have time and give some advice and guidance um, to you know very specific types of questions but 
this one, the fact that it came back up in my feed from 2016 shows me that uh, people are interested in the information and whatever analytics that that particular website has is bringing some of these questions forward again. So it's creepy because it plants ideas into people's heads and it creates problems for you to resolve and solve in the workplace. So I, mean, I would just want to read this to you. So these were the this was the feedback that this particular person got. So I like the feedback that the person got, but just know that these are the kinds of questions that your employees are thinking of and following through. So if you don't believe that addressing a dynamic issue or a conflict issue between your manager and your employees is not important, you're very wrong. You, some there are times where you really do have to intercede. I'm a big believer in telling grown-ups that listen, y'all are grown-ups and I am not paid to actually manage your relationships, but the truth and the reality is in human resources sometimes we have to get involved to set those expectations so the relationship is as profitable as possible. And I'm not talking about dollar-wise, I'm talking about profitable meaning it positively impacts everybody or it is as neutralized <laughs> and functioning as it could be even though there's probably some bad blood and some hard feelings between the two of them. So the question was what is the best way to get a manager fired? Now it's very clear that whoever wrote this has an agenda and they really just want to stick it to their manager so that's not good. Um, so in this case the first person responded that you should work with the management, not against it. In the long run, management always wins. Getting a manager fired is a bad idea because if it does not work, you may end up looking like you're not a team player. And if the manager deserves to be fired, his next higher-up manager should do the firing via a progressive disciplinary process and report the poor manager to the next higher-up or manager or human resources if you think he did something grossly wrong and have a witness. So... Um, people are teaching your employees how to go about doing this stuff but you know what I like how this person said as long as it's something that is grossly wrong and I love how there's a reinforcement that look you've got to play ball and you've got to work with your manager so love that comment um, it was a lot better than I thought it was but the next two comments I also like as well parts of it <laughs> so we'll get to that so the next one is trying to get a manager fired is a quick way to find yourself unemployed senior management is going to give the benefit of the doubt to the manager not really crazy about that comment but it reads on the only good way to get a manager fired is if they are doing something illegal even then it would be best to collect the data and if you give it to HR anonymously do so so I'm not really a fan of this response but you know what there is some sound advice that you know, if your company has a um, like a secure place or a safe place that employees can anonymously report information if they're fearful of their job and they can actually provide you as an HR professional, as an HR champion, that information, then you know what, that that's a good purpose because people are afraid of losing their jobs. Okay, I don't really necessarily believe that senior management is going to give the benefit of the doubt to the manager. I think they ha I think it is their obligation to look at all sides because you and I both know that there's two sides to every story and the truth will always lie somewhere in the middle okay so I don't agree with that they're going to give the benefit of the doubt um, if it's really like out in the left field accus accusation yeah I could believe that 
um, and it really doesn't align with that person's opinion, then yeah, I'll, I'll roll with that. But man, that's a that's a hard sell for me. But and then lastly, the next question is, or the next response would be, why would you want to do that? But if you're trying to get him fired, he must be doing something. All right, the, so let me start again because the grammar on this one's really bad. So I'm sorry, I have to interpret it. Um, why would you want to do that? But if you're trying to get him fired, he must be doing something that he doesn't have any business doing. And you must want to bring it to life, like sleeping with an employee or stealing money with the company and other bad stuff. So that's about as good as that one's going to get. But anyway, but yeah, again, going back to the reference on it really needs to be a gross infraction. It has to be pretty significant for you to want to raise your hand. And, um, yeah, ick. <laughs> anyway, so sorry about that. It's just, I was a little bit of a struggle, but it was a good comment. And I wanted y'all to hear it. So, all right, guys. So, um, yes, by all means, you know, jump on the website, go to the best practices website, click your, your click, send me your question under the podcast, uh, tab down at the bottom. And I recently learned that the, that the form that you fill out, that the, it was broken. So it is now there. It's back. You can submit your question. It's working. It's functioning. So if you've tried before in the past, you haven't been able to get it to me. I apologize, but it is all back up and running and it's beautiful all over again. Um, you guys can also follow me, um, you know, connect with other HR champions in our new Gen Women in HR Facebook group. And I'm going to talk more about that in the January 1st episode. I'm really excited about this. So you guys get a preview of what's coming just by listening to this. So we do have a Facebook group. It's called the Next Gen Women in HR. And that's where you're going to find great tips, current events, and information on building your HR skill set. This is a tribe for you. And it's a tribe of women working in HR either as part of their job or as part of their chosen career. And you know what? We like our guys. Guys are welcome to come into this as well. HR is a very feminine driven industry and we don't want to exclude the men in this in this industry as well. Uh, you guys are just as big as HR champions as we are so we'd love to have you. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR as well as you can find me over on LinkedIn by just typing in my name. It's Brenda Neckvottle and the last name is spelled N-E-C-K like the thing you want to choke. V is in Victor, A-T-A-L. And then once again you can find everything else over at the bestpractices.work website. Click to connect at the top of the page and you will get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. So folks, I really want to thank you for a phenomenal year. Um, it has been absolutely fantastic. It's been awesome watching this audience grow. I'm so grateful to have you guys along for the ride and I cannot wait literally cannot wait until 2020. So you probably hear me smiling from ear to ear. And um, I wish you guys the happiest, happiest of New Year ends. Uh, Happy New Year's Eve. Merry Christmas again to you guys. And I will be talking to you. I'll talk to you all next year. Have a good one.